Well, amen. And uh, I know that you'll enjoy having him back. And let me just take a, a couple moments here and uh, encourage you to pray for him while he's away. And uh, uh, they've taken a couple weeks vacation, but if you've gathered, uh, this second week is actually going to be a working week. And uh, that's not uncommon for a pastor And uh, while he's away. And uh, uh, his family is going to get to be able to spend time with, with family. But he's going to be taking this second week and uh, 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 spending it uh, in preparation, studying, putting messages together, uh, in planning and uh, for programs and so forth and so on. Uh, just, and uh, he has no idea that I'm going to say anything. But uh, let me encourage you to encourage him. Uh, to plan in his calendar when he puts his calendar together uh, to set aside time separate from vacation to do those things and uh, I never did <laughs> and, uh, uh, preachers feel guilty about taking and setting aside those times um, but vacation really ought to be vacation and he, he ought to spend vacation with his family uh, he, ought to, he needs that time of rest more than he thinks he does. Uh, we sometimes think we're supermen. Um, some of you um, older men understand what I'm talking about uh, that are workaholics. And uh, we work and um, we think that our bodies, uh, we, could just, we can last forever. And um, we wear ourselves out. And... Um, I'm just going to bear my heart for a few minutes. Um, I, 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 could, I believe I could have probably pastored an additional 10 years, maybe 15 years, had I uh, taken care of my body physically. But I abused my body physically and uh, uh, by working. Uh, even on, on the buildings here, when we built all of these buildings, uh, uh, we... Uh, we pastored and we put up the sheetrock. We, I laid the concrete, and not by myself, but with others. Uh, I laid the, this carpet and uh, put the carpet down, uh, filled the cracks in because we poured the concrete uh, too wet and had to fill the, con the, the cracks up before you could lay the carpet down. Um, the, uh, wired all the wiring. You don't like the wiring, uh, I wired it. Uh, most of it, and then we called uh, an electrician to come in to get it uh, uh, approved afterwards and had to redo it and redo it. Um, uh, you, you, you put the sound system in. Uh, I remember the, the, the scaffolding to put the, the, the speakers up. We painted the speakers. They were black. We painted them white so they'd look good in here. You uh, laid the, 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 uh, the plywood on the ceiling so that it would insulate uh, so when it rained because it wouldn't be like a typical steel building and and then uh, remember being on top of there when the winds blew and lifted us completely off of the roof and just the grace of God that we didn't go flying like a, 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 a flying carpet and uh, uh, you, you did it all and, and I'm not saying that complaint I'm saying you did it because you wanted to do it, and, and you're trying to save money, and, and you did that around the clock, and then you studied all night long, and, and, um, and that's what preachers do. 
and, and preachers want to do, but then you get to your 60s and you're wore out. And you, you, you should be still pastoring. But you, you, and I'm making any sense here? And you want your pastor to still be pastoring. He's, he's a good man and a good family. And, and uh, take care of him and see to it he gets away. And he, 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 he does those study days and those work days separate from his vacation days. I'm not making any sense here. I, I hope that I am. I'm not, I'm not scolding you. I'm, I'm scolding him. That's what I'm trying to do. And uh, you need to get on him. You need, you need to take charge as a congregation. He won't do it unless you make him do it, unless you ma help make him take care of himself. And uh, that's, that's uh, you, you deacons, and uh, see to it. It's not just enough to, to pay him well and, uh, and pray for him, but you, you need to see to it that he, that he, he takes care of his body physically and uh, that he lasts and that he's around for you in uh, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And, uh, and do take good care of him. If you don't, some, some other church will. There, there's churches out there going to be looking for him. They're looking for good pastors. They're looking for pastors that's building churches. And this church is growing. And so there's going to be churches looking for the pastor that's building a church. And uh, there's going to be churches that's going to be calling and Brother Burkett. And, and I don't want him leaving here. I, 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 I've got a lot invested here. I want to see him stay more than you want to see him stay. And, uh, and so don't let, him, don't let him slip away. And uh, I, uh, I was thinking uh, the other day, I, and I shouldn't be taking all this time, but we, some of you, there's a, not very many of you old enough and have been, been here long enough to remember, but we, we had, a, had a lady here by the, and, um, uh, and uh, Dorothy Roadcap. Uh, there's a few of you remember Dorothy, and Dorothy was uh, in her 90s, and and uh, she came to uh, Southwest Color in a covered wagon, and she was one of her early members here, and, and um, she lived in a dugout, and they, they homesteaded here in uh, Montezuma County, her and her husband, and um, uh, Dorothy, a uh, uh, rough old western lady when she got saved and that was a long, long story behind all that and she was probably 95 96 years old and uh, one Sunday uh, I'd, I was getting ready to leave to go to preach a revival someplace and walking out the old auditorium out the side door and as I was walking out the side door she walked up behind me and she grabbed my arm and pulled it up behind my back and she said uh, are you going to candidate someplace and I said, no, ma'am, no, 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 Sister Dorothy, I, I'm, I'm just going to preach revival. I'll come back. She said, you, and she pulled that arm up a little bit farther, and she said, you better come back. <laughs> she says, if you don't come back, I'll hunt you down like a prairie dog, and I'll, I'll shoot you. She pulled that arm up, and she says, you're coming back. And I said, yes, Dorothy, I'm coming back. And uh, some of you need to grab a hold of Brother Burkett's arm and pull it up behind him when he leaves and says, you're coming back? <laughs> if you don't, I'll track you down like a prairie dog. <laughs> and, uh, just don't let him get away. You just, just, just promise me you're going you're gonna to take care of him and 
Don't let him get away. Take your Bibles this morning. Turn to the book of 1 John. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Just a short passage of scripture, but oh, what a, what a passage. What, what a text this morning. And um, what, what a text. I, boy, this is, this is one of those power-packed, loaded texts. And um, there are texts and there are texts in the Bible. This is one of those that is just loaded. And they're loaded for bearers, they say. 1 John chapter 3, when you found your place, you're physically able, I'd invite you to stand as we read from God's inspired, inerrant, infallible, preserved word of God. 1 John chapter 3, just the first three verses. You follow along reading your Bible quietly as I read aloud. First three verses of 1 John chapter 3. Behold. What manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, I pray that you'll bless the preaching, the teaching of thy word this morning. I pray that you'll be glorified. I pray that we can be a blessing and a help. Oh, Lord, thank you for the faithfulness of this church. Thank you for its testimony around the world. Thank you for its missionary outreach. Thank you for uh, Pastor and uh, his family. We pray that they will get some rest. Lord, I pray that you'll use him and not just in uh, the short term, but Lord, for a long, long time here. And I pray that you'll continue to put your blessings upon the church. And, and Lord, thank you for the souls that's been saved and the lives that have been changed. And, and Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing and this, this great work. And Lord, I pray that you'll help it to continue to make, be an influence and a testimony in a lighthouse in Montezuma County. And we'll give you the praise for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. John, the, the evangelist, and as he's writing here to to these, uh, these believers, uh, starts chapter 3 with this wonderful word, behold. Uh, it's the strongest possible word in the Greek that could possibly be used. It's, um, it's a word such as a, a deputy would say is, uh, all rise, when a judge walks into a courtroom, all rise. And, and uh, the, the entire uh, courtroom uh, takes attention and, and stands up as the judge enters into the room. It's uh, as a sergeant in the military would say, uh, as a general walks by, attention, and, and everybody uh, stands to that attention and, and realizes something important is, is about to take place. Somebody important has entered the room. Attention. Uh, I remember uh, the very early days of the church, and uh, when we first moved here in 1985, and some of you remember back in those days, and uh, Cortez is... Uh, 
has, has not grown much, but boy, it's changed a lot. Uh, in uh, those early days, there was uh, we had a McDonald's, we had uh, a Dairy Queen, we had a Burger Boy. Um, there wasn't a whole lot else. There was maybe a few other little things, but there wasn't a whole lot of other fast food restaurants. We had uh, City Market, and, uh, uh, and uh, uh, well, you had a small rest uh, grocery store in Dove Creek, but besides that, uh, maybe a small thing in uh, Mancus, but there, there wasn't a whole lot of places to shop in the entire county. If, if you really wanted to buy groceries, City Market was about it in the county and, uh, in 1985. Um, where the, the, the big R place is, uh, there was a Kmart. There was no Walmart, and, uh, but there was a small Kmart and, um, that you could go to uh, on, on, on board and activities, fun things to do. Um, uh, I see Stephen Lynn back there. You, you're just a little guy back then. and uh, uh, Good to see you, Steve. And, uh, I'm praying for you, praying for the hunting season this year. I, Pray every day when it gets to this time of the season for you and, and uh, the hunting. But, um, boy, you get, you get to, uh, uh, Saturday afternoons. We, we'd go, go soul winning Saturday mornings. And uh, Saturday afternoon, and uh, uh, this is going to expose the age. And uh, we would uh, we'd go to Kmart, flashing blue light specials. And uh, I mentioned it to, to Reese the other day, and, and he just looked at me like a calf at, uh, before a new game. You know, he had no idea what, you know, what, what is that? You know, I, no idea at all. You know, flash of blue light special. What's a flash of blue light special? They're right there. He said, you see that look? <laughs> Younger generation. They, They've never been exposed to anything. You know, they just, they're, just, they're so innocent, so innocent. We, we go to Wal I mean, Kmart and, and uh, flash and moonlight special. What, what they do is, and, and uh, on Saturdays, and uh, hundreds of people would come to Kmart. It, 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 was, it was our activity, it was our fun time. You, you couldn't go bowling, you couldn't, you couldn't go ice skating. You, you go to Kmart for fun. And, uh, they, they had this little, little machine, a little box, and then it was on wheels, and they'd wheel it around different places in the store. And, uh, and they had poles, and they'd stick up way up high, and it, it had a, a, like a bubblegum machine on the top, like a, a, a policeman has, and, and it had a blue light on the top, and it'd flash, and they'd turn that flashing blue light on, and then over the loudspeaker, and uh, they'd come the loudspeaker, and it says, attention Kmart shoppers. For the next five minutes, and the five minutes only, in uh, the shoe department or whatever department it might be, and the next five minutes and five minutes only in the shoe department, all children's markdown shoes can be bought for ninety percent off. And boy, everybody go run into the children's shoe other uh, shoe department. And they'd grab those children's shoes. They didn't care what size they were. You'd just grab a pair of shoes. You'd fight for them. You know, just grab a pair of shoes. And you'd get, you'd get, get a sticker stuck on them and 90% off. Boy, you, and it was a first come, first serve. you just grab. And then, then you'd walk around the store and you'd wait 15 minutes or so. And you'd wait and you'd wait. And all of a sudden you'd hear, you know, attention Kmart shoppers. Look up. Look around. Spot the flashing blue light. 
in the, uh, I don't know, what, what department we want here. You, you, you name the department. And, yeah, yeah, in the jewelry department. Uh, for the next five minutes, in the next five minutes only, all the markdown watches, and, uh, and uh, you're going to be uh, 90% off. Boy, then just everybody's running to get you know a, a markdown watch for, and uh, that that's what behold is. Behold, hey, Kmart shoppers, look up, look around. What John's saying here in First John chapter three? Behold, hey, Christians, behold, look up, look around, pay attention. Something important I'm about to say. This is this is something for you to pay attention to. This is not just anything ordinary that I'm saying. This isn't just another verse. This is not just another thought. This is not just another, just another saying. This, hey, behold! I, I want. Do I have your attention? Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Behold, first of all, our past. Behold, I want you to think about your past. He's talking to God's people. He's talking to those of us that know the Lord as our personal Savior. He's not talking to the lost. He's not talking to the unsaved. He's not talking to the world. He's not talking to those that on the outside. He's talking to those of us that's in this room this morning that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. He's talking to those of us that have trusted Christ as, as our personal Savior. He's saying, behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon. I tell you what, you remember the day the Lord saved you. Behold, oh, listen, behold, what manner of love, what manner of love. I, I'm so glad that our Father in heaven has has loved us. He, he loved me so very, very much. And uh, he gave his life. What more could he give? Oh, how he loves you and me. I uh, was thinking again, those early days, and we had, uh, before we had this auditorium, we had an auditorium over where the school was at. And, and uh, it was, uh, we, and uh, it was, there in that second floor, and, and uh, had an old uh, uh, steel baptistry and so forth, and, and uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, specials was sang by, by Patty Plemons. Some of you remember Patty singing, and, and she used to sing, and uh, he knew me, yet he loved me. Never have gotten over the fact of, of Christ loving me. You know, uh, those of you that have grown up in church and those of you that have grown up in a Christian home, listen, uh, salvation is something special. But those of us that, that listen, are first-generation Christians, those of us that uh, we were the first ones in our family to get saved, those of us that lived that wicked life, and those of us that, that, listen, come from the depths of sin and when Jesus reached down into the pits of hell and he rescued us, I tell you what, 
I've never gotten over the fact that I don't understand why God would love me. I hope you've never gotten over what God did for you the day he saved you. None of us deserve salvation. Doesn't matter what your background is. But it's a little bit more special, I think, for those of us that, that listen, didn't have that, 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 that background of, of, of church. And I still remember the first time I ever walked into a church place. I still remember the first time I ever saw a Bible. I, I still remember the first time I ever heard a gospel hymn. I'm glad that Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Oh, I'm so thankful for the love of God. I'm so thankful that he loves me. He loves me. This I know. Such love, such wondrous love, such love that God would love a sinner such as I. How wonderful, how marvelous is a love like this. The Bible says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. That word manner, it, it, it means a type of love, a, a kind of love that God loves us. If we had time this morning, we could, we could spend probably a month and uh, days just talking about all the different types of love. Uh, even in, 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 in the Greek, it, even in uh, uh, the culture of the Bible, there was different types of love. The Bible speaks of different types of love, different words it's used for love. Uh, of course, we know, first of all, that the Bible speaks about physical love. God made us physical. He created us physical. Um, when we think of love, uh, oftentimes that's what first comes to our mind. Hollywood speaks of love. It has a type of love. It's, a, it's an emotion. It's a, a love that... That, 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 that's a goosebump type love. It's a, uh, the Bible speaks of a love that you fall into and fall out of. The uh, Bible speaks of a love that uh, is uh, it's almost like a disease that you catch. You know, I don't, did you, have you caught love? You know, uh, that's not the love the Bible's speaking of here. Um, by the way, there's, there's, God didn't make us physical. Uh, there's... there's there's nothing wrong with, with wanting to be around people and have a physical relationship with the opposite sex. Uh, but God put some boundaries on that. I'm not going to spend a long time on that. The Bible says the marriage bed is undefiled. Um, in God's boundaries, God put some boundaries on physical love. Uh, God uh, also put some things that's out of bounds on physical love. Adultery and whoremongering is, is a sin. It's wrong. Um, and uh, God put those boundaries there. We'll just leave it there for this morning. Uh, there's a second type of love. There's, a, there's a, an emotional love, a phileo love, uh, that uh, is, is emotional love that, that goes beyond the physical that has to do with, with uh, emotions and, and mind. And, and uh, the Bible talks about uh, ye older women Teach the younger women to love their husband, to love their children. Now that's an interesting verse. Um, it's, it's a learned love. Uh, it's, it's something that God would say that we sometimes have to learn to love our husband, love our children. You'd think that just come natural. But some love has to be learned. You have to teach. It's a responsibility. 
It comes from a time. It takes time. It takes training. Uh, it's a choice. Some love's a choice. I'm going to choose to love my husband. I'm going to choose to love my children. Um, Ephesians says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. In other words, it was a command. If it's a command, then apparently, then a man has a choice. Not every man loves his wife as he ought to. And so men have a responsibility, a choice to make. You can choose to love your wife. There's a time when we have to choose. I'm going to choose. I made a choice over 52 years ago that I'm going to love her till death do us part. It was a choice, and a choice I made. Never regretted that choice. Uh, I wish I had time to just preach on that this morning. I'm going to preach on it, some of it tonight. I hope you'll come back tonight. We're, this is an important service tonight. We're going to talk about the family and the home. And I'm not going to browbeat you, but I, I hope you'll come. I hope it'll be a blessing to you. I, I think I can help uh, both young and old, and both young married and unmarried, and. And those that's been married a long time, we'll, we'll talk about the home and the family tonight. But there's some choices that can be made. And by the way, phileo love and, and, and that, that emotional love, it, it goes beyond, but let me back up. Physical love goes beyond sex, beyond just, just, just a, a sexual relationship. Have you ever noticed people who's married a long time want to be together? They, 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 they physically... Bond, I'm, I'm going to spend too much time here, but it's a preview of tonight a little bit, but notice folks, that's older folks that's married a long time, how they, they, they begin to start looking alike, <laughs> walking alike, smelling alike. I'm serious. They walk into a restaurant, and one of them orders, and the other one just says ditto. Now, now, there's exceptions. There's exceptions, but it's amazing how physically, they, 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 over a period of time, they begin to like the same things and do the same things and want want to watch the same things. Oftentimes, they, they begin to blend physically. They begin to blend emotionally. And by the way, you, you, can, you, can, you can love one another emotionally, and, and, and that doesn't make a good marriage. Just because somebody loves one another emotionally doesn't mean that you're compatible for marriage's sake. I, I shouldn't spend this much time here, but this, this is important because we've got a lot of messed up folks thinking that because they love somebody emotionally, they think that they ought to deserve to get married. And we're going to see our country moving to accept a lot of things that want to get married. We see people, people wanting marriages that have no biblical basis for marriage. We're going to want to see three people wanting to get married. We're going to see, we're seeing all kinds of strange marriages coming about. Listen, you, you, can, you can emotionally be in love with animals. When, we, when I pastored here for 15 years, we 
pretty well the whole 15 years we were here, we had a blue healer named Bear. Some of you might remember. And uh, Brother Steve, where's, over here. Brother Steve, you remember Bear, our blue healer? And the best dog ever had was, was Bear. Uh, Brother Foss, he, that dog hated Brother Foss. He loved everybody in the world but Brother Foss. Some of you remember Brother Foss. Brother Foss loved Bear. He'd bring him food all the time. But that dog hated Brother Foss. He was a member of our church here. I don't know why he hated Brother Foss, but he hated Brother Foss. When we moved to California, we took Bear and kept him for several years. One, uh, one day my wife and I was going on a we, we, we're going on a four-day cruise. You could get these cheap cruises. I, I look, by the way, Carnival Cruise, I was looking last night. They got a four-day cruise out of Long Beach. It was advertising next month. You can go on a four-day cruise out of Long Beach, $75 a person for four days out of Long Beach. That's $75 a person. And uh, so we used to watch for those things. We're right there close. And so those last minute cruises, and uh, that was a great vacation. You leave on Monday, come back on Friday morning, $75, you can't, you can't get a motel room for $75 in California, much less all your food and your lodging and, and all that stuff. So we, we, that was our getaways. When as a pastor, 150 bucks, man, we're gone. And that, that's a great, I'm a cheapskate, man. <laughs> Nothing too good for my wife. So, so we, 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 we did a bunch of those $150, you know, vacations. And uh, I'd take her away. Well, we was, we was on the ship, and if you've ever been on a cruise, the first thing you got to do is go, you got a muster station. They, they put you in, the, in, in your, your life preserver, and they give you the instructions what's going to happen if it's, if it's Titanic and you hit an iceberg there in, in California. And, and it goes down, and they, they want... And so we're standing in line, they're giving us these instructions, and, and I get a call from one of the deacons, and he says, Bear has cancer, and the vet wants to put Bear down. Well, you know what? We've had Bear 18, 19 years. You know what we do? We start crying. <laughs> there in that line, we, we, we start bawling. We're just a, weeping up a storm. That bear's part of the family. We love that dog. Well, everybody in line, they think we're scared to death that the ship's going to sink. <laughs> they're, they're, they're trying to comfort us. It's okay, the ship's not going to sink. We're crying so hard we can't tell them. It's not the ship, it's the dog that we're crying over. We're in love with the dog. You, you can be in, that doesn't mean it's okay for us to marry the dog. But there's going to be some folks that's going to want to try to make marriage acceptable to animals because they say, well, we love them. Just because you love somebody doesn't mean marriage is okay. Am I making any sense? There's something, there's a, but there's a better love. What manner of love? Behold, what manner of love? It, it's an agape love. It's a godly love. It's a giving love. And I ran out of time. This is so wonderful here. God's love. It's a, it's a love that only Christians can experience. 
For God so loved the world that he, what? Gave. It's giving. It doesn't have to receive. It, I, it's a choice. And I'm going to love I'm going to love her whether she loves me back or not. I'm going to love her forever. For richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. <laughs> Till death do us part. I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to give myself to her completely and wholly and totally. And that's what God did for us on the cross of Calvary. Behold, behold, behold what manner of love. The Father has done, did for us. He loved us so much that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's our past. What's our present? That we should be called the sons of God. What a precious privilege. I get to be part of the family. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. If you ever really stop to think just how precious it is, listen, we're family. You may wonder why we say brother and sister around here. I'll tell you why. Because we're family. We're joint heirs with Jesus. I, he's my brother. I, I heard a preacher years ago, old black preacher in San Diego named S.M. Lockridge, and he was talking about, uh, and uh, he had heard uh, uh, back in the 1960s, Time Magazine had it on its cover, God's dead. And he says, I don't believe it. He said, uh, he said if God's dead, why wasn't I notified? I'm next to kin. <laughs> Somebody should have told me. <laughs> I'm part of the family. They should have sent me notice. <laughs> I, I, I'm a family member. I, I, you, you, can, you can't be dead. <laughs> Nobody's told me that he died. I, I want to see where his obituary's been written. Oh, aren't you glad today if, you're, if you've been saved? You're, you're part of the family of God. I, I've often talked about the fact that back when Trump was president, he had a, had a son that, and a name Barron that was a, just a teenager and in, in the White House. And I've always tried to stop and think about what it had been like to have been a teenager in the White House and maybe wanting to go dating. And, and can you imagine what it had been like if Barron had, uh, had got the courage up to ask a young lady out for a date? And, and, uh, and then, and then uh, she had accepted. And then, then he, he was able to, to call his dad up and Say, Dad, you know, can, can I use the bowling alley on Friday, the, the White House's bowling alley on Friday night? And, uh, you know, and, and, and if I'd call, and uh, uh, where, where, where's Vincent? Where, Big Vincent, Big Vincent, where's Big Vincent? I, I, I saw him come in. He's back, oh, there, there he is, Big Vincent. Can, you know, listen, and uh, little Vincent, and uh, are you, 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 you get ready to call President Trump. He's not going to take your call. Sorry. He could care less. Vincent who? He's not going to answer. But if Barron calls, he'll take Barron's phone call. You can ask about that bowling alley and <laughs> I got news for you. You can ask from now to eternity and it won't do you a bit of good. Uh, but if Barron called, he's family. 
Aren't you glad that when we have a need, the Bible says we can come boldly to the throne of grace and find grace and mercy and help in the time of need. Why? Because we're family. That, that, that's our present. And how do we get the present? Well, it, listen, how we, have to, we have to be part of the family. How do you get to be part of the family? Well, you have to trust Christ as your Savior. Amen. Well, we've got to hurry. Uh, our past, he loved us. Our present, a child of God. Uh, what's our future? What, what, what do we see here in our text? It says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, but it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Uh, the older I get, I'm glad that there's a few of you that's older than me in this room. Not very many, but there's a few. But uh, the older I get, the more I get to thinking about heaven. Bible, boy, I tell you, just, it's something you get, get thinking about what heaven's like, what heaven's going to be like. What, the Bible doesn't give us a lot of information. Uh, the book of Revelation, chapter 21, 22, it gives us a little bit of hints. said to be no more tears, and no more pain. And, and then it talks about that new Jerusalem during the, during the, the millennial kingdom. Now it's going to come down. And it talks about those streets of gold. And, and uh, they're not going to be anything. We're just going to walk on, on, on streets of gold. Uh, just, just going to pave the streets. It's stuff that down here we, we make value out of. Uh, but the heaven's going to be something special. The Bible says, I have not seen nor ear heard, nor had entered into the heart of man the things God's prepared for his own. Um, going to be something. God's been good to Mrs. Preston and I. Just an old country boy. I grew up 12 years of, of, of schooling, regular schooling. I, I went to 28 different schools and moved from house to house. My wife, I mean, I, my, my, when I was at home, my parents were constantly trying to just stay ahead of, of the bill collectors and the policemen and uh, didn't have much. Went to bed hungry many a night. But because of the ministry, we've got to do a lot of things. I've seen the Taj Mahal in India. I've eaten lunch on the top of the Eiffel Tower. I've fished in the mighty Mississippi. I've heard the chime of Big Ben in London. I've stood in the empty tomb and, and next to the Colosseum. I've drove through the Rockies, the Andes, the Alps, and the foothills of the Himalayas. I've watched the great migration through the Serengeti and one of the seven wonders of the modern world. I've swam with the giant turtles in Hawaii. I've witnessed up close the calving of the glaciers in Alaska. And I could go on and on. And yet none of those things, none of those things, none of those things compare to what it's going to be like that first five minutes in heaven. Amen. The first five minutes in heaven that every one of us that know Jesus Christ as our Savior will experience, will outshine everything this earth 
has ever offered. It'll outshine the train ride from Durango to Silverton. It'll outshine the Grand Canyon and all of its wonders. It'll outshine the Niagara Falls and its, its majesty. It'll outshine anything that God created down here. And all of it is just a foretaste of what God has put together and waiting for us when we get to there for him. Behold, behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. But it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when we shall see him, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. What a day that's going to be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. And he takes me by the hand. And he leads me through the promised land. What a day. Glorious day. That will be. I'm not going to preach on it. But verse 3, we have the application. The application says, And every man that hath this hope purifieth himself as he is pure. There ought to be some changes that take place in our life if we really believe that. We ought to be different this week than we were last week if we really believe that. We ought to be at this altar confessing some, some things and asking God to help us to live a different life than we've lived in the past if we really believe that. We ought to ask God to help us to live for him as we've never lived for him before. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?